Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, July 23rd, we look at Lesson 4, Seeing the Goldsmith's Face. Together, let's see how the refining process actually causes us to reflect more of Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. And together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Michael, and I'm excited about this one. This is week four, and we're looking at uh, the goldsmith's face and our memory text coming from 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. But we, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of uh, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Um, so once again, talking about seeing the goldsmith's face, which is actually the Lord's face. Yeah, and I love this uh, story by uh, Amy Carmichael of of refining the gold until the goldsmith could actually see his face reflected in the gold. Amen. Yeah. Oh, this really, really awesome story they have there on, um, on a Sabbath afternoon's lesson. Uh, and I, I love the portion that says here, God is seeking to purify us, to refine us as like gold, to transform us into his image, which is just simply his reflection in us. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, absolutely. So Michael, tell us about Sunday's lesson in his image. Yeah, so the text, the key text here is Romans 8.29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Mm. And so this idea of the image of God, in theology, we call it the imagio Dei. Yes, sir. is, Is just so critical to understanding Uh, the story of the plan of redemption, because what it does is it it just explains that God's plan of redemption, what that is, and and that human beings have value because of the fact that God created us. And I know we've talked about this before many times, but, uh, and yet, of course, uh, that image has been tainted or corrupted by sin. So yes, we see uh, aspects of the image of God, but we also understand that uh, the image that we see is marred uh, and, and that's, that's what we have. Uh, and there's this quote by Ellen White here. How do you understand this uh, desire of ages? Excuse me, page 671. The very image of God is to be reproduced in humanity. The honor of God, the honor of Christ is involved in the perfection of the character of his people. Mm. Now, th- this is really kind of interesting because people can read this a lot of different ways, depending on how they understand uh, what is Christian perfection. There are aspects of this in which um, Adventists, I'm afraid at times, uh, sometimes have a very uh, medieval Roman Catholic view of Christian perfection as a series of works that one has to do to obtain a status before God. Right. You know, that's why they have indulgences and all of those kinds of things. And uh, that's that's not what it is. And if you look at Ellen White's concept, very, you know, Methodist, uh, John Wesley, who understood character perfection as being one of perfect surrender, a process, a growth process that occurs over someone's lifetime. It's relational. So rather than status, it's, it's a relationship. And uh, if you see that, I think that's what Ellen White's talking about here. Cause she talks about this in many other places, the same thing. So 
perfect uh, perfection of character. This is perfect surrender, uh, being in right relationship right. With, with Jesus Christ. And so that I think is a, uh, a biblical and, and a, a kind of a holistic way of understanding uh, this process of character refinement, development that, that takes place in each of our lives as we surrender and allow God's Holy Spirit to work in and through us. So, uh, but that means that there's other aspects uh, that in the refining process, there is faith. And so tell us, Buster, about Monday's lesson. You know, going on with that uh, process of the Imagio Day, Michael, comes the mm -hmm. portion where we're in the forge. Um, my kids and I, we like to watch this new show. Well, it's not a new show. It's called Forged in Fire. And these guys. Really? I have not heard of this. This is amazing. <laughs> these guys take a blunk of, of raw steel. And within three hours, they have to make a knife. And it gets put through these tests to see if they've done it correctly. And I, I never knew the process by which steel is made. But uh, it has to be heated up to a certain amount of degrees and then, right. and then melded uh -huh. and molded and everything else. But then they heat it up once again and they quench it in oil and that actually hardens the steel. And if it's too, wow. if it's too hot, it shatters. If it's too cold, it doesn't harden and it has to be almost just right. And it just reminds me of our lives, Michael. Mm -hmm. uh, we're being forged in the fire, right? Yeah. And sometimes uh, <laughs> if it gets too hot, everything, we have to trust the Lord because he's the only one that knows what he's doing. And at the yeah. end of it, it actually, I wouldn't say it hardens us. It actually, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, instead, I was just talking about it with my wife. It actually gives us this desire to be resilient. That's the word I'm looking for. It gives nice. us resilience. Uh, resilience against sin, resilience against the world, against the flesh, against the enemy himself. And so here in, in Monday's lesson, it mentions Hebrews eleven twenty seven. It's one thing to be in a battle. It's another thing. It's another, not even to see the forces arrayed in that battle. In a sense, mm -hmm. this is what we as Christians deal with. We know that the forces are out there. We can feel them in our lives, yet we have to press ahead in faith, trusting him who is invisible. Hebrews mm. eleven twenty seven. I, I I love that trusting him who is invisible, and who knew that more so than Job? And I know we've talked about him several uh, Sabbath school lessons and everything else. But mm -hmm. there's this one scripture, especially twenty three verse ten. That I'm going to read out. It says, "But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold." Uh, it's a quote from from Job, and saying that the Lord knows what He's doing. He knows how to utilize the things that are happening in our lives to help make us stronger and better and, and able to be used for his kingdom. Um, just a Sabbath, I was talking with a couple and they've been having Bible studies, a special set of Bible studies that I don't think anyone else can have um, mm -hmm. like they have. They had a son who actually uh, took his life through suicide mm, and how tragic. Yeah. And it was very, very awful. Like I believe he was, a little younger than me, a matter of fact, oh, wow. um, oh, wonderful, sorry. wonderful, wonderful young man, um, mm. strong, everything else. But anyways, that was a tragedy for them. But in mm -hmm. the crucible of that, they came out on the other side saying, we want to help other families who are going through the same thing. Uh, mm -hmm. They got a call from the pastor saying this lady called us and said she's going through very similar. Her son took his life a couple of years ago and mm -hmm. they've been having Bible studies with her and She's been coming to church. She came to church last week. I preached and she was there. Uh, hopefully I get a chance to actually meet with her a little bit more this week. But the fact that they've been through that 
and now are able to say, Lord, use us to reach other people that have gone through that is a, is a showing of what happens when the crucible, when we've been through the fire and tested and become more resilient, but not only resilient, a bright beacon showing others how God works and operates and moves in our lives. And mm. so with that being said, um, Michael, uh, remember that although we're being tested on the other side, we will shine forth as gold. And so I, I want to challenge our, our listeners as we continue on to, to remember that, that the fire is not always bad. It doesn't feel good. No one loves working with heat, but the mm-hmm. end result is something that's beautiful. Yeah. It's, go ahead, Michael. No, I just was agreeing with you that, uh, you know, I was just thinking that it's never a fun process to go through that. No, it's, not. it's it, the end result. You know, it's, it's like anything, you know, um, you sometimes there's a little bit of pain uh, before there's gain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that a little bit of pain before gain. So, Michael, that being said, tell us about Jesus's last words. Someone who knew about going through the crucible more than any of us. Indeed. Uh, the story that really it's referring to is the story of, of Jesus. Again, last words, but he gives this parable of the 10 virgins. I think that's a pretty familiar story for a lot of people. Yes. How there were five that were ready, five that were not. And the five that were ready had the oil and the lamps, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit, right? And right. so they have this uh, flame. Uh, they, they need the, the lamps. Uh, it's, it's part of that process of, of waiting. Uh, but some, again, have it full. Others do not. And and so, yeah, a lot of people have referred to this, the, the oil of the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of books that have been written on this topic. Uh, but yet, uh, when Jesus, the bridegroom, symbolized as the bridegroom, comes, uh, yeah, he, he finds the five that were prepared. So they had the oil. Uh, they were ready and they were prepared. So I, I think that's a, a big part of that uh, is, is patience. Here's the right. patience of the saints. That's that word patience. We don't like that word. I don't like that word, but yeah, it's what describes God's people <laughs> so many different times throughout uh, salvation history. And here we see this uh, same thing again, where uh, the, this, this patiently waiting and uh, Matthew 25, uh, later on in that same chapter, has this other reference to the sheep and the goats, right? So right. there's there's the sheep, and on one side, uh, and at the other side are the goats. They're separated at the very uh, end of time when, uh, it, as, as it says, when the Son of Man comes in glory, when Jesus comes again, right? Right. And, uh, and what's interesting to me is that uh, there will be a final reckoning. There will be an accountability that takes place uh, as part of this process. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, I, I think we have to also recognize Jesus is the one who does the separating. Sometimes we want to mm. hurry that along a little bit. <laughs> let, <laughs> we, let Jesus take care of the separating. So, so in other words, put our way our scythes and, and allow allow the Lord and his angels. Honestly, the depiction of angels separating the mm-hmm. sheep and the goats or the wheat mm-hmm. from the tares. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the church's duty to do that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but here it is, this is the final judgment. Jesus is doing the separating here or this, this, you know, parable, this metaphor of, of what this is all about. Yes. And, and then to describe the differences, he, you know, there are those um, 
who are blessed of the father, take your inheritance, he says. And then there's the others who, well, uh, when did you, uh, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty? And, and I think the point, the lesson's trying to make is that it's through our everyday lives. It's not Here through Herculean leaps and great feats that uh, these things take place. It's through our everyday lives, how we live those things out. We see our characters are on display. And so, uh, yes, of course, we don't do those things. We don't go and feed the poor so that we can be saved. But uh, but Jesus is just looking at their at their lives, you know, is there fruit? Is there evidence of, there we go. of the gospel transformation in one in one's life? And so uh, I think that's really it becomes quite obvious. You can tell the difference between a sheep and a goat, just as you can see whether the Holy Spirit is working in and through someone's life. Mm. You see that the difference is as stark as night and day. Love it. Well, we're called to be wise, Buster. So uh, <laughs> how do we do that? You, you, know, I, I you, know, that. you know, Michael, this uh, dovetails uh, wonderfully off of what you just shared. Wednesday's lesson, mm-hmm. the wise. Uh, mm-hmm. As you look at those sheep and the goats, there's a difference between the two. Well, there's also a difference between the people uh, just, just around the time before Christ comes, between the righteous and the unrighteous. In Daniel chapter 12, uh, 1 through 10, talks about that difference um, talks about at that time, Michael shall stand up the, uh, the, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, but goes on and listen to this. It says, um, uh, it, it says, and there shall be a time of trouble such as there was never seen uh, uh, such as uh, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn to many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Uh, and, it, and it goes on. It talks about, though, not only that, but it talks about the wicked as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And it talks about how they will continue on uh, in their unrighteousness. Uh, and, and so as we're looking at this, this Michael, uh, the, the couple of questions that the uh, lesson brings out here, it says, what is the context? What's the time of the history report? Uh, what is this time in history, Earth's history being referred to? And most important, what can we tell from the verses about the character of God's people during these times? And as we can see here, the character of God's people are those who are shining forth, allowing him to work in us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but it, it also talks about this wisdom. What is this wisdom? And it brings up Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, people who are wise are those who follow the way of the Lord, who not only in their interactions with the Lord and in their studies, but in their interactions with other people. Uh, uh, and that's the, that's the portion, Daniel 12, 10. I'll go ahead and read that for our listeners. Many shall be purified, made white, uh, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And that's what we're after, which is the understanding of the way of the Lord, and not in our own way. Um, once again, comparing that, you can call it the wicked and unwicked, uh, the wicked and the righteous, you can call it the sheep and the goats. But nonetheless, we want to keep our eyes fixated upon the Lord, but not just fixated on him as save us, but transform us so lord we are ready to meet you when you come 
uh, and also ready to lead others uh, that want to get a chance to know you. And so that, Michael, brings us wonderfully to character and community. Thursday's lesson. Yeah, and this has to be one of my favorite uh, passages, certainly my favorite book in the Bible, Ephesians. Uh, here, verses uh, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Uh, it's titled uh, Character and Community in today's uh, Thursday's lesson. And it's a description of the gifts of, uh, that God has given. And I'll just read this quickly from the NIV. Please. So Christ, so Christ gave him, uh, gave, so Christ himself, excuse me, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the mm. body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And, and, and before I read the rest of that, I just, I think this, you know, just segues so nicely with what we've been talking about with Christian grace and maturity. We're all given different gifts. We are. Buster, you have gifts and, yeah. and I have gifts. We have different gifts, mm-hmm. but together by using those gifts, we complement one another and uh, help each other to grow into the fullness of Christ. And that's true of anyone that's in, in listening to this podcast that God has given you gifts. He absolutely and, has. And those gifts are, are needed within the body of Christ so that not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of others together, everyone benefits uh, by my uh, maturing and growing. It's a beautiful thing. And then uh, verse 14 uh, through 16, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Mm. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does work. So again, I just want to emphasize this aspect of growing. This is mentioned and referred to in uh, three different ways here. We have the fullness of Christ growing into the fullness of Christ. We have a converse, you know, the opposite and what it's yeah. like to not. And that's like being tossed like a, a, like a boat in the water blowing <laughs> around, you know? Uh, and then finally, we're reminded again, it's kind of like a body with all the different parts of the body uh, working together in concert to accomplish that great purpose. So beautiful. Uh, and, and the other thing that I, I want to really emphasize is again and again, in this passage, it talks about love. Uh, and so uh, it's it's not that we do these things out of guilt or obligation. We do them out of love. Even when we have to speak the truth, it's still in love. Uh, <laughs> I can't I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've had different church members. They were they were all about speaking the truth, Buster. Oh, don't remind me, Michael. They tell me the the plain truth, the plain testimony, the or, right? or the the present truth. I'm like, that's that's not what we originally yeah. meant. Pastor, <laughs> you, you know, I met, had one said, you know, the spirit of prophecy. You you should hammer them. Take the yes. testimonies, just hammer them. You know, yes. and, and I I got to thinking, you know, uh, in responding to them, but but yes, there there are these truths, but but it's not about hammering them. We, we do it in love. And so when our hearts are overjoyed and overflowing with love to God and, and gratefulness, uh, and it, we, we, we do these things um, 
not because we have to, but because we want to, we're motivated. Uh, so building up in love, as uh, Pastor Paul says here at the end of this passage, just such a beautiful, beautiful reminder. And uh, we see that in community, not only as we develop our characters over time, as, as that process, that sanctification process happens, but that sanctification process happens collectively. And that's part of a beautiful thing about being part of the church is it that, is. um, you know, when I go to church each week, I, I meet other people that I may be feeling down and discouraged that, uh, or they may be feeling down and discouraged or whatever, but we can thereby help to encourage each other, or they might need something else, you know, they, they might need some encouragement, but they might need some admonition. And if there's the relationship that's there, that, that might be appropriate too. Um, again, only in love, right? but, right. uh, uh, all of those different things. It's complex and it's beautiful because we see uh, how the Holy Spirit is working in and through um, all of our lives. So, uh, and it leads and points to Jesus ultimately. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, Pastor Paul says to the church in Ephesus, his intent was that now through the church, mm -hmm. the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. So uh, heavenly realms, it's not just rulers and authorities, but we, we get a picture here of uh, just exactly that, that there's a cosmic dimension that's taking place. And uh, uh, through that, uh, the church collectively shows forth um, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to change lives. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's what the that's what the Lord wants. That's what He wants in us and through us. So, Michael, I can't think of a better way to to put it than what Paul put it uh, there in Ephesians chapter three and four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, just a beautiful summary, a beautiful process and journey. Again, the refiner's fire is never fun, but seeing the gold goldsmith's face uh, when when that character is reflected, that face is reflected, the face of Christ in your life and mine as it comes out in in surprising ways. Yeah. You know, and, um, yeah. I was going to say, and the promise was never that it was going to be comfortable. It was never that it was going to be easy. The promise mm -hmm. is that if we allow him, he will put us through this process and we will come out on the other end looking like Christ if we go through the process. I love it. So, well, I think we've covered this lesson pretty thoroughly. Uh, I and so. so I can't wait for the next week and extreme uh, heat next week. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard you've had some extreme heat down in Texas. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, this is soup and swoops signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.